everyone, and welcome back to Champions of Security. I'm your host, Jacob Garrison. Today's guest I'm really excited about, it's Sufyan Alami. Sufyan is an application security engineer at Ford Motors. He has a passion for cybersecurity. With his expertise in offensive security, he's been able to identify vulnerabilities and protect critical systems and data from cyber attacks. In addition to his work at Ford, he also enjoys pursuing bug bounties and has successfully found and reported vulnerabilities in various applications. His commitment to cybersecurity is recognized with certifications from Offensive Security, Port Swigger, and Cisco. Through his work and experiences, he strives to improve the security of our digital world and protect against cyber threats. Well, Sufian, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to be here. And so... At first, one thing I want to do before I ask any questions about yourself is I noticed Ford is really moving into the electric vehicle game. Uh, the most recent announcement I saw was the Explorer. Can you act like a salesperson for a second? And can you tell me why I should buy, why should I buy a Ford instead of a Tesla or something else? So uh, for an EV specifically, so to be honest, I think like uh, Tesla technology surpasses us uh, definitely. But uh, Ford has known of its quality. So uh, when you uh, think about like Ford's vehicle, you, you think about uh, quality. You think about uh, 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 you think about 120 years of expertise. <laughs> uh, now we are moving toward like elect electrification, electric vehicles, and uh, we plan. I think by 2025, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that uh, we will be producing over a million uh, electric vehicles per year, which is uh, quite incredible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're still second in the U.S., and hopefully uh, we will make that transition smooth. Uh, we are investing billions and billions of dollars in uh, EVs. And just recently, like you mentioned, uh, you've seen the, the uh, EV Explorer Introducing uh, in Europe, uh, we collaborated with Volkswagen actually uh, okay. to make it happen. Yeah, it's quite interesting. <laughs> Sweet, yeah, and and I mean to your point, that is one one thing I've heard. I don't. It's not supposed to be a a, a bake off against manufacturers here, but but I've heard uh, that there's been some supply chain and and reliability issues with the Tesla uh, side of the house. Yeah, you know, which it's like it's it's expected when you have such a massive volume of vehicles going across an assembly line, like it takes, I'm sure 150 years to figure out how to be able to handle that process efficiently. It's tough. <laughs> definitely. I definitely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, let's get into the, the exciting part of the episode, which is the vehicle security. Uh, and, and so Sufyan is, you know, his job is to help protect the vehicles that people are buying off of the Ford line. And uh, one thing I would love to have you do is just tell us a story about the most interesting attack uh, that you're allowed to share or, or something, you know, that, that it's allowed to be public information that you can tell us about uh, when it comes to vehicle security. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe this attack is already public, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it a little bit here. And uh, it's a CAN bus attack. So for those who don't know what CAN bus is, think about it like uh, the nervous system of the vehicle. So you have a computer brain that controls all those ACUs. And by the way, just one vehicle can have up to like a hundred ACUs, which is uh, which is interesting. 
and can every you, single can you say yeah what ECU stands for just for people that don't know electronic communication uh, unit uh, so think about a, just uh, like a, just a microcontroller that controls uh, maybe your AC system uh, maybe a, a service like a, or a feature inside of your vehicle like forward collusion detection systems a radio uh, so uh, those ECUs are all connected to one centralized computer or the brain of the vehicle and that connection is the CAN bus so instead of having this complex wiring uh, from ECUs together uh, uh, we have uh, the can, CAN bus it was introduced I believe like in 1980 so it, it was uh, uh, it's very old and um, it allows communication between ACU uh, to another ECU. So, for example, when a car detected your uh, uh, when uh, a car in front of you is detected, uh, the forward collision system will alert your computer and or press the brake automatically for you. For this is the FWD uh, yes, feature. Like, yeah, like the nervous system you were talking about earlier. It, exactly. Yes. So um, now, when you think about what kind of attacks, you think about like the ODB port, or OBD port, I mean. So imagine that you have, if you have like a Raspberry Pi connected to an OBD port and you connect it to your vehicle and you pretend to be an ECU inside the vehicle, uh, all of a sudden you, uh, you will start sending uh, uh, messages, ECU messages, um, and some of those messages are really critical. Like I mentioned, uh, when you hit the brake acceleration, uh, those are really critical uh, messages. So uh, in theory, you'll be able to control the vehicle. So start, stop the EC, radio. You can start the engine, cut the engine while you're on the highway. And it was actually demonstrated by two researchers a few years ago. Um, they built the product prototype after a couple of years, I believe, and then uh, using a Raspberry Pi, they connected to the vehicle remotely, and they started controlling the vehicle from the other side of the planet. So they were able to, yeah, they were able to shut the engine uh, while the victim was in the vehicle. It, it was all demonstrated, and it was quite interesting. From uh, the other side of the planet, you said? So yes, over the across, internet across the globe, they're talking to these people and they're that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so you have like a Raspberry Pi module, maybe maybe uh, for LTE module that's connected to the internet, and then you send all the like the traffic or messages, ECU messages to the CAN bus, and the CAN will just accept any message pretty much. Uh, so it will trust it. So this is why we introduced, uh, uh, and it was introduced a long time ago. It's called C, uh, CMA, uh, uh, Communication Messaging Authentication, which will encrypt the, all the uh, communication between the ECU and the main like uh, computer, uh, the brain of the vehicle. So uh, think about it like just the PKI, uh, like you have a public key infrastructure inside of the vehicle. So every single ECU has uh, a key pair, public, private, and you will encrypt, decrypt the messages. Um, it will also communicate with the CA authority, trying to check the 
uh, the certificate. And this is this is why when you buy, for example, an AC unit from China, it will not work in your vehicle because you need to sync it with our <laughs> CA authority within Ford and sync it, sync it with your vehicle. So you need someone, an expert from Ford to help you do that if you want to probably replace an ECU inside your vehicle. Interesting. And so the, like this, the certificate authority that you're talking about, does the car have to have to go talk to them every time that it starts up or like, is it, is it once a year, you know, like what's that process uh, to be able yeah, to Yeah, it's actually, it's actually both internal and external. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we can, uh, so the, the, the car can communicate, uh, over the internet to our, uh, infrastructure and just get the latest probably like public keys and certificates or you also have a, an internal ca that verifies everything for you inside of the vehicle <laughs> so yeah. it depends on the architecture of uh, of the car but this is how it typically works that's fascinating uh, i hadn't yeah. i had never thought about the the individual components having their own key pair common and, and so you're saying each one has its own like private key or its own like in one way, like the asymmetric encryption is is different between each component in the vehicle. That's correct. Yes, each and every single ECO has its own key pair, public and, and private. And and so is that is that just in case someone compromises one component of the vehicle, the other ones aren't compromised. Is that the idea there? That's correct. Yes, especially the the critical like uh, ECUs uh, that I've talked about. Uh, you don't want any uh intruder to send like uh, uh messages uh critical messages to the vehicle so uh this is why we encrypt uh each one of them so um even if um or, or sometimes when you replace an ecu uh maybe an intruder can introduce messages like can messages also uh, over the internet mm -hmm. so uh uh, I gave an example with just the EBD port, but it can be done pretty much with any ACU. Interesting. And and so yeah. you've mentioned it can be done over the internet. Have you seen the same attack occur like with physical measures? You know, like are people, is it more effective if you go and actually put hands on a vehicle and like get into the circuit or is it, does it not really change anything? Um, yeah, most for the most part, it will require you to have physical access to the vehicle. Uh, but sometimes, I, I believe, like um, seven years ago, I've, I've seen like uh, an attack. Uh, it's actually a video in uh, in YouTube. You can search for it too. Uh, it was uh, they uh, two researchers also attacked a jeep, and it took them a little over a year to make that happen. But uh, they uh, they attacked the. Uh, the telematics system of the vehicle. So um, the vehicle was connected already with a modem and they were able to access the CAN bus just from the internet, which is fascinating. And they were able to do all that. All, uh, they were able to control the vehicle from the internet without having physical access in the vehicle. Cool. Well, it makes you wonder, like, do they do they report it or do they just take a bunch of free Jeeps? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They, they did actually report it, yes. And this is why uh, we have a whole team dedicated for just CMA and how to protect it in vehicle communication. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, it, it makes sense that it is so relevant, you know, as, as vehicles are getting mm -hmm. 
increasingly complex technologically. You know, people are moving towards electric. They're moving towards ECUs in every single component, apparently, I just learned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it makes sense that it would be such a, it would be a really important thing um, to protect. And so when you think about vehicle security, you know, where it was, um, like, previously, where it is today, and, and where it's mm -hmm. going, in your opinion, do you think that physical security is is going to be less important than security of the software and the internal components? Are we already at that point? Like, what's the, or are they always going to be tightly coupled? You know, what's the relationship, I guess, between a car's physical security and its its software or electronic security? You know, when you compare like both ICE vehicles, internal combustion engine versus like uh, EVs, um, I I saw that uh, the software costs even more. So the software in the EV is more important than the hardware because when you think about an EV car, it's just motors and, and uh, on wheels and a battery. That that's it, and, and the computer yeah. that control all that, which is interesting. And, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they require like um, this is why like EVs require less maintenance and cost a lot less uh, to make than uh. Well, I'm talking about the hardware, yeah. but uh, the software is very important now with the autopilot, with all different levels of the autopilot that's coming. We have um, the cruise system. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard the, the, the adaptive cruise system that we do have at Ford. So the software is becoming more and more important. Just the vehicle, just uh, last time to check, but just the last time. Um, I've checked that, like, uh, application re related to vehicle, we have a little over 10,000 APIs that communicate to the vehicle, two, which is a lot to the vehicle. What do you, what do you to mean? and from the vehicle, yes. Okay, so is that, uh, does that include when one part of the car talks to another part of the car? Is that strictly the car talking to the outside world? Like, what, can, I guess, can you give me some more insight into, like, yeah communications are so we're not there yet so a, a car does not talk to another car but uh a car with the built-in modem can talk to uh, the fourth cloud uh, uh, system so we do have it's called telematics so okay. that's just in vehicle communication uh modules that communicate to our cloud system uh for example just your uh, application your fourth class application you'll be able to lock unlock the vehicle start the engine remotely uh, which is, uh, uh, yes, over the internet, which is over the internet, which is quite interesting. And so, so all calls um, are going to Ford's cloud. Any correct those like and vehicle commands, those are all going out to Ford's cloud. They're all going out to Ford's cloud. And then the, uh, from uh, the Ford's cloud, uh, it's communicating to the vehicle. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, um, we introduced more and more features, especially on the EVs, like, stolen vehicle services you can uh, think about like smart charging features and they all communicate with the vehicle so every single feature communicate with the vehicle and then we're thinking about introducing an ai system uh which tesla Buzz already have uh on a vehicle so all those features or there are also apis that communicate to the vehicle um we do have uh, last time i've checked we do have at least like at least like 10,000 APIs that communicate to the vehicle. 
I'm talking worldwide. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if you're allowed to disclose this, but are those, are those deployed as, you know, like serverless functions? Are they like, e like each API is its own thing or are they, are they like just microservices that all have APIs or do, do you know, like the deployment strategy and are, and are some of those hosted on the vehicles components where they start up every time the vehicle starts up or is it all, I don't, I don't I have so many questions. It's so fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So, um, it's actually, uh, a little bit of both. So we do have applications that's running inside the vehicle and we have like serverless APIs that lives in the cloud and communication with the vehicle on, uh, we do have, yeah. And we mainly use like uh, serverless. So I'm not sure about the other manufacturers, but, uh, mainly it's serverless APIs cool. in the cloud. Yeah. And, and so let's say that I sell my Ford Explorer, I get a new Ford Explorer. It's EV. It's awesome. It's way better than Tesla. And, and I sell it after three years to somebody. Uh, <laughs> is there any issue? Like do any of those, do you have to like re-authenticate or re-authorize anything? Or is it the car is the identity that's authenticated and authorized against these cloud, uh, applications or cloud functions or where like when you get a new owner, do you have to go reprogram? Like how, how does all that work? You don't really need to reprogram anything. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with WorkPass at all, but, uh, once you link your account to the vehicle, so you just need to event, for example, and then, uh, for the first time for the master key, so we have, it's all encrypted. So we have the master key, uh, which is, uh, which is the owner of the vehicle. We need to connect, uh, and exchange the key pair information with the vehicle, like manually. So for the first time, and then you can also add like operators, like for example, uh, your, uh, your wife, you can add her, uh, later uh, and give her access to your vehicle. If you want, just with using the phone as a key, for example, you'll be able to access your vehicle and start it. So, um, yeah. So when you sell the vehicle, you just need to revoke those credentials. So you revoke, uh, the certificate in your, uh, in the vehicle, revoke your private key and you can just sell it. Yes. Man, that's so, this is so cool. I'm learning so much. I, I, yeah, I hadn't thought about any of these things before. So <laughs> I apologize if some of them are silly questions, but man, this is cool. And and so one thing that I know exists that I would I would love to hear you explain because I know nothing about it is is a key fob attack. Um, and so a key fob it's the thing you click to open the car, right? My, For I yeah. okay, yeah. And so when, you, when it comes to a key fob attack, what are those and how do they work? So um, I would like to um, uh, so uh, so for. Key fob attacks specifically, uh, there are a lot of attacks. Uh, there are replay attacks. There are um, amplified relay attack, uh, and it's all radio frequency. So uh, I'm, I'm sure if you have heard about uh, um, a lot of car attacks where we, the thieves were able to unlock the vehicle, steal, seal it sometimes, um, and it's now even. It's now even more interesting. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the flipper. I do you have not those. Familiar. No, I do. I do not. Okay. Can you talk through it? Yeah. So, um, 
let me explain uh, what uh, the attack is. So, okay. um, if you're familiar with your garage door opener and where you reset, uh, reset those four like switches, it's just basically your pin. So when you click, uh, uh, you, when you open your garage door, uh, you just send your pin, which is four digit, and it he will open your garage. Mm-hmm. So um, if someone was able to intercept that signal, that frequency signal, and just replay it later, we'll be able to uh, come in your, your go into your garage. So uh, similarly, uh, all the vehicles uh, did have like uh, I think the most of them were had like twelve digit password. <laughs> And you are able to brute force, not only brute force it, but you are able to just clone the signal and then replay it later on to access the vehicle. So, 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 so in that case, you're saying you could like park your car next to a, a vehicle you want to get into and have a, a the mechanism that's listening for the radio right. wave to come through on a certain frequency. You would know the frequency that they use. Exactly. And, and then you just see like, hey, the car just flashed like it unlocked. And so I'm going to stop this recording and that 12 digit code on that frequency. That's what I need. That's yes, exactly. So you just need to replay. So, okay. uh, the flipper or there's another device called, uh, packup RF. So you'll be able to do that. You will be able to listen. Let me see if I can show you here. So you can go to sub gigahertz and then read safe frequency analyzer. So you can. Uh, let me see one of the saved example. And there were some attacks against the Tesla. And you'll be able to just replay it. So you just send a signal. And if there were any Tesla, Tesla's right next to me. Uh, like the charging door will open. Um, which is, uh, yeah. So uh, the flipper uh, allows you to clone signal and replay them. Uh, as long as it's uh, from uh, 300 megahertz to 1 gigahertz range, or maybe 9 megahertz, I, I forget. But uh, once you understand the signal, when you understand the frequency, you'll be able to replay that uh, that, uh, uh, that code. Uh, recent vehicles do implement like a rolling co- codes. So every single time you click unlock uh, a new code programmatically, uh, uh, just regenerate. So your car and your key fob are in sync, and every single time you click uh, lock or unlock, you will use a, a completely new uh, code. So um, even though uh, uh, this will protect you from those replay attacks, uh, sometimes if your car didn't hear your key fob when you click a lock or sometimes uh, another attack is you can jam the signal you can jam the signal and then uh just clone it uh, just make sure that the car didn't hear the the code and then uh, just replay it later on so you can access the car uh which is also interesting so um there, there's a great talk from i think Sa- sammy Gumcar. Uh, if you google him uh he has a great talk about radio hacking um it was, uh, I think, yeah, it was with all us, outside California. But if you, yeah, it, it's really interesting how uh, those devices can be hacked like remotely. Yeah, and but but if it's so, if it's RF, I'm guessing there's a certain 
power level you have to have for the signal to be accepted, right? Like it's within a certain DBM range probably. And, and so, Correct. so the attacker, I, I mean, I assume they can figure all this out, but like how powerful the signal has to be within a certain range. Um, and then based on proximity, you know, you like have that, uh, um, like you just measure how strong you need to make it, how close you have to be, whatever. Um, so you take all that into account you clone this signal and then just come back later and then open mm -hmm. it, but, but don't vehicles, won't they turn off if the key is not in the car? Like just cause you get inside, how do you go about actually stealing the vehicle? You know, like, can you fake the system out if you don't have a physical key um, or the app on your phone or, or whatever it is that you need to, to power the, or to, um, to unlock I, whatever the term for it is to <laughs> certify that you're in the vehicle. Yes. So you can, uh, there's a little attack called, um, I think it's called, uh, amplified, uh, signal relay attack. And, uh, it, it will just amplify the signal. Basically it will just amplify the signal and make, uh, make sure that the car thinks that the, the actual key fob is inside the vehicle. Okay. So, uh, this attack is mitigated, especially with the, uh, um, the one of the newest car. But uh, it's so relevant, like um, especially the, the car that roller in 2015, you can still be able to uh, use those kind of attacks that we just talked about to get inside and just seal the, the, the vehicle. Okay. And, and 2015, just so everybody knows, was before Sufjan was fixing these problems for you. So you yeah. can thank him personally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't do much, really. <laughs> Uh, okay, and, and uh, so I, one thing I would love to hear you talk about, um, I could hear you talk about these car stories all day, but let's talk about from a business standpoint, like you've, you've done bug bounties in the past and, I did. and, and you also, if I understand correctly, you also help with Ford's bug bounty program. Is that, I do, I do manage it. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so can we talk about what do people need to know? when they're building that program, like how do you run it effectively? Maybe how do you recruit the people you want to recruit to come after your, your appliances? Um, just kind of like what, like what do people need to know if they're trying to build, let's say I want to make an electric vehicle company, you know, like what do I need yeah. to know, uh, to build my bug bounty program? Um, so the, most of the, of the box that we, uh, get from, uh, our Bergwani program is mainly like API issues, telematic issues. And, uh, to run one effectively, you need to think about, uh, first of all, define the scope. You need to, you need to make sure that, uh, uh the researcher understand the scope, uh, very well. You need to communicate with them effectively. Uh, they need to understand and even provide them with uh, a test vehicle, uh, well, a test vehicle probably. A, a, a vent that works, which we, we already have in our page. So you can use that test vent for all your kind of attacks, like maybe authentication, authorization attacks. And they're mostly like APIs. When you think about like vehicle attacks, current vehicle attacks, they're almost all APIs, telematics issues. So I mean, they are all, again, they're all mostly authentication, authorization issues. Uh, if you heard of ball issues in APIs and how you can like, uh, access someone else's information. So, um, um, yeah, so to, 
to if you have those defined well defined if you are communicating well with uh, your research um uh you need to also have like a remediation team uh ready to act uh, depending on the criticality of the, the, the vulnerability that was reported so in collaboration between different teams uh you need to be able to uh, run an effective like book one program okay yeah it definitely takes a lot of people because to your point you know you you lay out the scope you give people the tools they need when they're trying to to um find bugs in an actual vehicle like they need access to an actual vehicle like i said a vin that works to be able to test it and then the mm -hmm. people to handle it and and so if we think about um think about you said most of these issues are authentication authorization issues or, or broken object level authentication is that we said correct um, and, and so what do you do all the developers at ford and maybe you don't know this but do all the developers at ford do they have to undergo like specific security training to say hey here's here's all the problems we're finding with this with the cars we're rolling out and so this is a like systematic change we need to make um because being able to authenticate and authorize these thousands of APIs on these cars is, is such a issue, you know, like, is that, yeah, that's something that rolls back into that team eventually. Yes. So, uh, most of the time, uh, like I mentioned, it's just, uh, uh, an authorization issue. Most of the time, uh, when you think about, uh, if our request was authenticated, then you don't check, you don't need to check anything else, but the actual problem is with the authorization. So even. If I'm allowed to unlock my vehicle, I'm not supposed to unlock someone else's vehicle. So yeah, just using the vent. So yeah, so most of the time, um, issues are with the authentication and authorization. And uh, with that, we try to collect as much information as uh, uh, we need from those vulnerabilities to understand. Um, just maybe have uh, a little. Um, just to have an understanding of the vulnerability and how researchers are offensive uh, hackers try to exploit vehicles or APIs. And um, uh, we we do have uh, a mature like, system. We do have um, a SAS scanner that goes over the, the, the vehicle code before rolling it to production. We have a DAS also that uh, we also have like a vehicle operation uh, center uh, uh, called VSOC, the Vehicle Security Operation Center, uh, we, where we monitor uh, cars. If someone tries to break in into the car, uh, reverse engineer it, <laughs> stuff like that. So um, even developers go uh, go through a training uh, just, just to understand those like low-hanging fruits or I'll say probably a lot top 10 vulnerabilities yeah. for vehicles, <laughs> for vehicles. Have you, have you built that? Does that exist? Like Googleable, the OAuth uh, top 10 for vehicles? I, I'm not sure that, that thing, that, uh, there, there's definitely one for APIs and <laughs> but, uh, not yeah for the vehicles. but man, that could be your contribution right there. You could be, uh, you could, you could build that. That'd be fascinating. <laughs> That's a good idea actually. Yeah. I, I might do that. <laughs> Perfect. Well, hey, if you uh, if you want some help, I mean, I don't know that much, but I'm I'm happy to uh, <laughs> to do my best. Help. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah, that's um, 
That's so cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> that that's all, that's all right. So yeah, so uh, we go through extensive training. So the problem, so when you think about an organization, and sometimes they do have like an internal network where they, uh, it's less secure. It's always less secure, and it's almost always, if you are able to access uh, the internal network of a company, you'll be able to find some more vulnerabilities, and that's the case. So now when you think about the vehicle, it, it's also publicly accessible because when you think about a vehicle, it's just a modem, it's a computer on wheels. So it communicates with the cloud and it receives also the communication from the cloud. So uh, anyone just think about it and how scary that is. Anyone can communicate with your vehicle. Yeah. So we, we do have, um, uh, we do have like, um, a mutual DLS, which is also uh, another uh, layer of uh, encryption on top of that. So just to make sure that the vehicle is communicating with the right uh, cloud. <laughs> but uh, it, there, there's always that attack surface that is huge and uh, that we need to take care of. And that's, that's so fascinating. This is all so fascinating. So, I mean, cars today are just, like you said, they're, they're moving computers that like happen to transport you places. It's like it's correct. It's just like a it's a computer with wheels. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So, so crazy. And so, I I don't know if you would be a part of the threat modeling for that process, um, or or I don't know that might be a different team. Is that something that you that you look at when you talk about the attack surface? Like, are you involved at all with the threat modeling of that attack surface? For uh, vehicle features, yeah, I am involved into that. Not AV features, uh, but uh, typically they're like uh, um, not specifically EV, but uh, I am I'm involved in threat modeling, like features, vehicle features in general. Cool, cool. And and so if you look at your relationship with the um, like the defensive security people, I mean, I guess your your role sounds like it's kind of like offensive and defensive in a way. Uh, kind of both, yeah, yeah. But if you look, if you look at people who are like just working on, uh, you know, like your tooling, you mentioned you have SAST and DAST. Um, you know, if you look at people like who are just working on like enabling those sorts of insights, um, are they are they aware of all of the like attack surfaces you're trying to mitigate? Or like, I mean, Ford's a huge company, so yeah, that's something where like it's very abstracted by team and everyone has their responsibility, or is it? Is it kind of like a group effort where everybody knows what's going on? It's mostly a group effort. Uh, we do have a huge like cybersecurity team uh, and in-vehicle cybersecurity team. So, um, but uh, I see like the gap that I see is we the attack surface is obscure uh, because we we mentioned that okay uh, we understand uh, the OWASP top ten ABI OWASP top ten, but we're not sure about the attack surface into the vehicles unless someone can demonstrate something to us so when uh researchers comes with uh, a new uh vulnerability uh we do uh our best uh, uh to uh understand the vulnerability because the likelihood that the, the same vulnerability exists somewhere else in into your, in your system is high it's very high so we do our best to understand those vulnerabilities and we do our best to uh, mitigate them. So we'll find them uh, and mitigate them. Uh, but all, all, 
there's always that gap. We we do not have uh, a visibility over the, the entire like attack surface. So uh, we we mentioned like key fob attacks. We have like NFC attacks. We have phone as a key. You can also use like uh, your phone as a key to enter your vehicle. And now with the electric vehicles, the attack surface is in bigger. Like when you go to charge a vehicle, uh, the plug-in and play. So you just plug your vehicle and it starts charging. There's a, an entire process that authenticate and authorize a vehicle to start charging. So you don't want, yeah, you don't want to charge someone else's <laughs> your uh, cough. <laughs> so are there, are there like chips inside of the chargers themselves at the charging station you go to, um, and inside the vehicle, and then has to talk to talk to like presumably the car owner. So maybe like talks to their phone and then goes to the Ford cloud and like tell like some, some like really intricate process. Is that kind of the idea yeah. or, or, okay. Yeah. So basically it's also another, uh, like, uh, so a certificate, uh, authentication. So you have the CA that lives in force network. They check in, they trust the, the, the vehicle and the charging station. Uh, trust trust the the CA, and they exchange like the key pair information and uh, this whole process to just start charging your vehicle. Once so, once they yeah once the, both certificates are uh, uh, trusted, you'll be able to start charging your vehicle. So instead we, of yeah. siphoning someone's gas like in the old days, instead of sticking a tube down and siphoning their gas, you siphon their account. And you now, exactly. when you plug in, you bill it to them instead. Or yeah, something. you don't want to charge someone else. <laughs> it costs about electricity. That's yeah. great. So, yeah, this entire attack surface, you cannot have a visibility over every single thing. because. And now we mentioned ECUs, we mentioned the CAN bus attacks, we mentioned uh, a lot of the attacks, APIs over 10,000 features that are installed in your vehicle. So yeah, it, yeah, the attack surface is huge that uh, we just rely on uh, researchers to demonstrate effects. Thanks. So, so yeah, not only are you doing all of your best efforts to try to, to nip things in the bud and catch them early, but then you also at a certain point go like, no matter how hard we try, we're just not going to find everything and so exactly yeah you have all these people that are working essentially for you you know like on your team trying to help you fix all these issues before your customers you know that sounds like a really scary thing to go up against like it it sounds horrifying you have to ship a car out and be like we're pretty sure that <laughs> thought it <laughs> like but but yeah there's just so much going on in modern vehicles that it's there's always going to be that question mark right of like did did we miss something it's yeah so here's a catch though so uh when i uh talked about the can boss attack it, it took the researchers actually over two years to demonstrate an attack so it's um uh, it's really hard especially that uh the code is not publicly accessible so you don't yeah. you kind of like not understand how the vehicle actually works um, use any open source or is it all developed in-house code everything is in-house everything okay. is in-house uh, we do use open source, of course, but it's not really related to the vehicles. Uh, probably it's not communicating directly with the vehicle. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's more like the like Ford's applications outside of the cars. Yes. So those that need to be sponsored and carried by like agencies are. <laughs> or government sometimes. Yeah, but that's, I guess you, you brought up an interesting thing, which is you said that it took the researchers it over a year, over two years. Sorry, I can't remember exactly. A little ahead, two years, right? A little over yeah. two years. And so for a for like a common hacker, so to speak, a, co- a common bad actor, like they're going to prefer to just go after somebody that's still using a default password at a bank or something, right? Like they're going to they're going to go after probably an easier victim because like those these people are trying to make money off of this and if they have to spend two years to break into a vehicle like that's not putting food on their table uh exactly because they're relying yeah. on the payout of these other so it's like, so it's like you almost have that protection just by how complicated it is to how come like it is a system as yes exactly and yes that's, that's so wild i had never thought about it before. <laughs> cool um yeah, Sufyan, we're 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 running low on time. So, do you want to? I know you have like a some a bunch of thoughts. Can we get like what's the the biggest thing on your mind uh, that that you want to say before we start to wrap it up? Um. So yeah, so I, I'd like to encourage more research into the vehicles, uh, because so most of the time, um, most of the time like attackers or maybe bug bunny hunters do not care a lot about vehicles they're not as complicated as you may think because uh most of uh those telecommunication is just over api and then all of a sudden uh you you think about um you think about the uh vulnerabilities that may affect apis uh, authentication authorization so um yeah just learn a little more about the vehicles they're not as complex as you may think uh uh and yeah go for the hunt <laughs> for vulnerabilities perfect go for the hunt great well Sufiani, thank you so much uh for for joining today this is awesome i learned a ton i'm sure everybody listening will learn a ton too this was this was fantastic thank you very much for having me jacob it was just such a pleasure to talk to you Sweet. All right. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Champions of Security. Be sure to come back next week. We're going to have another exciting guest on this very streaming platform. See you there.